2: I've always loved the forest. It's where I feel most at home. That's why I became a park ranger, to protect and preserve these lands. But one day, something strange happened. I was walking along the forest trail, keeping an eye on things like I usually do, when I saw a group of men in black suits walking towards me. They had no park ranger uniforms, but they had badges and ID cards that identified them as some kind of government agents. They said they were conducting a routine investigation and asked me to show them around. At first, I didn't think much of it. I figured they were just here to check on the animals or the trees or something like that. But as I watched them work, something about their behavior started to bother me. They were searching for something, something elusive, something unknown, and they weren't telling me what it was. I asked them what they were looking for, and they told me it was just a routine check. But I knew they were lying. They were hiding something sinister, and I was determined to find out what it was one night. I decided to follow them. They were searching for something deep in the woods, something that made my blood run cold. I couldn't see it, but I could hear it. A low growl, almost like an animal, but something more, something inhuman. I confronted them, demanding to know what they were doing. That's when they turned on me. They threatened me with jail time if I didn't back off. They said I was interfering with a government investigation and that I had no right to be here. But I couldn't back down. I couldn't let them find whatever it was they were looking for. So I kept following them, watching them from the shadows. As the days went on, their behavior grew more and more erratic. They stopped sleeping, stopped eating, stopped doing anything but searching for that thing in the woods. And as they got closer, I could feel something dark and sinister looming over us something that had been sleeping for far too long. Finally, one night, they found it. I don't know what it was, but it was huge, with eyes that glowed like fire in the dark. They tried to catch it, to contain it, but it was too powerful. It broke free from their grasp, and chaos erupted. I ran as fast as I could, but I could hear their screams echoing through the forest, a sound that still haunts me to this day. I don't know what they unleashed, but i know it was something far beyond our understanding something that should have stayed hidden in the darkness now i'm afraid to go back to the forest i can't shake the feeling that something is watching me waiting for me and i know that those men in black they were hiding something that should never have been found something that will haunt me forever Growing up, I lived in a fairly secluded area, only four or five other houses on a five-mile road. My brother, a few friends, and I played in the woods a lot during summer breaks from school. One summer, we spent countless hours building a house in the woods out of sticks and rocks. Truthfully, it was a decent house. We got stuck in a heavy rainstorm and were able to take shelter in it and only got mildly damp. School started up again, so we stopped playing in our house, But one day, just after the first snowfall, my brother and I decided to go back to our house and see if it was still standing. When we got close, I noticed that a few things had been moved, but just assumed it was animals or wind or something. When we got right up to it and were able to see inside, it was clear that something or someone had been inside, possibly for a decent amount of time. We do have bears and other wildlife around, but this was clearly something with the ability to design a living space. A space was cleared to sleep with leaves for padding and there was a makeshift table made out of a large flat rock that had been carried there. We looked at each other and headed back home quickly, maybe half a mile or better. We never talked about it after that and we didn't mention it to our parents, but I never went back there and always took someone with me if I went into the woods after that. Apparently, When I was younger, like barely able to speak, I was sitting on the floor playing with some toys nonchalantly with my mom when I just said when I was in heaven. I met a woman who said you'd be the perfect mommy for me. I apparently held the belief that I was in heaven before being born, and an angel looked at me and chose the mom I went to. My mom asked me to describe the woman, and I apparently described my mom's great-grandmother perfectly. Down to the eye color, I had never met my great-great-grandmother, nor seen a picture of her. As a child visiting my grandma's house, my mom's. Whenever I left the house, I'd waved next door to Ken, who was always, sat in the bay window, looking out at the sea. They lived right on the coast off the North Sea in Hartlepool. I whited kingdom, we'd never really talk but just a little wave before I went to get into the car. One time I'm leaving my grand's house. I'm in front of my mom who stopped at the door to talk to my gran. So I head down the steps and towards the gate. I turn back and see Key in the window. Big smile, as usual, waving at me. I give him a wave back. He stands up, gives me the thumbs up, and wanders towards the back of the room. My mom comes walking down the steps and asks, who are you waving at? I replied, Ken. To this day, I can remember my mom's face. She just went white, but didn't say anything to me. It was only a few weeks later when she plucked up the courage to tell me that Ken had died a few days prior to our visit to my grands. I don't believe in ghosts, but I know I saw him. I can still picture his striped gray sweater with light stripes across it, and waving and getting up out of his chair. There was no one else in the house. He lived by himself. Brains are weird. Update 1. Sorry for the delay in getting back. But I had an update from my mom regarding me seeing Ken. I reminded her of the incident and what she can remember of it. I got this reply. I'm sure you saw him, too. I know there's someone in our house. Ashley Mums could seize them on the stairs the same time every night, if we are in the lounge. I always say hello. Definitely doesn't feel like a threatening presence, though. So now it turns out there's not just Ken next door, there's someone in my mom's house. Maybe it's my grand. Once pandemic is over, I'll have to stay over a few nights to see for myself. I had just finished my initial military training, basic, eight, a few other classes and got sent to my first duty station. My unit was at NTC for pre-deployment training. So I met up with the rear echelon. I get issued my room and spent three very disturbed days' nights in the barracks with weird stuff happening, like gear not where I left it, locked drawers being open, the microwave turning on by itself. Shit like that. My roommate, who I knew throughout training, showed up on the fourth day, and I told him something along the lines of, watch your shit. Someone's been messing with my stuff, and I don't know who. So the fourth night comes around in myself, And my roommates secure our room and gear and go to bed. Got to be up at 5.30 for PT. So it's an early night. We lock all our stuff and go to bed. I woke up around 1 because my blanket had fallen to the ground. And I was cold, which was weird because we were in the south in summer. So it's always hot. I hop down to get my blanket and I notice my armoire is open. So I open the lock, close it, lock it, and get back to bed. I fell back asleep pretty easy, but I woke up again at about 2.30 and all my stuff and my roommate's stuff is thrown around the room. I wake up my roommate and he's pissed because someone is messing with us and can't figure out who it is. We clean it up, lock our stuff, and go back to bed. I woke up a third time at 3.37 and we're not alone. I can hear my roommate snoring, so I know it's not him. I sat up and saw someone in the little kitchenette area with the fridge open looking in it. I was freezing again. I was about to say something as the soldier turned around. My eyes had a moment to adjust to the bright light. And then I started recognizing gear like the L-shaped flashlight on his shoulder, his Alice pack with magazine holders and canteens A, boots and fatigues. This dude was combat ready. As my eyes reached his face, he turned a bit and I could see it. Half his head and helmet were gone, blown off by the looks of it. I'm scared shitless at this point. He closed the fridge, walked across the room keeping his bright green eyes on, opened my front door, and walked out. As he exited, he turned back around and said to me, be safe. I didn't sleep the rest of the night. I didn't wake my roommate up. I just sat up in bed for about two hours till I had to get ready for PT. 6.30 rolls around so everyone is outside the barracks in formation, getting ready to start PT, and the acting first sergeant says... Hey, Notches, you good? Looks like you've seen a ghost. I replied with, negative, I'm fine. 1SG, good to go. About halfway through PT, he comes up to me and asks me what's wrong because I'm visibly shaken up. I told him I was fine, just couldn't sleep last night. A few others asked if I was okay, and I just lied and said I was fine. I really wasn't, and they could see that, but they let me be. After PT ended the acting, 1SG pulled me to the side and told me to... Speak freely, openly, and with all confidentiality and off the record. What is wrong? I told him that if I told him what happened, he would think I'm batshit crazy. He assured me it was off record, and once again said, Talk to me. You seriously look like you've seen a ghost. That got an awkward chuckle out of me, and I began to tell him my story, and when I got to the part about his head, the acting 1SG lost his shit. Who the F put you up to this? This is not funny, etc., He smoked me for about 30 minutes, made me do push-ups, mountain climbers, stuff like that, all while yelling at me that I'm a piece of shit. Finally, after about 30 minutes of that, he says, look at me in the eye and swear on everything that you love that you're not lying to me. I told him I was not lying. It happened. So he says, follow me. So I do. We get to the command office, which I had never been in, and they were obviously locked. He takes me behind three locked doors, and three rooms I had never stepped foot in, and when he opened the last door, I saw it. It gave me chills. It still gives me chills, but plain as day. There's the soldier's portrait behind the commander's desk. I froze and said, that's him, acting 1SG. The guy who assigned me that room told me who it was. He was a corporal in the unit on my unit's first deployment to Iraq, and he died in an IED attack that took off part of his head. I was the first soldier to be assigned that room since it belonged to the deceased corporal. He forgave me, and I forgave him, and he told me some stories about who this guy was. I deployed with that unit just a couple months later and spent 12 months fighting in that shithole. I nearly died. I don't know how many times my vehicle got hit with IEDs and rockets, and it always made me think of that corporal. He survived more things than most people can image, and I always felt like that Corporal was keeping an eye out for me. Not everyone in my unit was as lucky as me. Three from my company didn't get to come home. As I was washing up in the runoff creek, I noticed my dog quickly became startled. I noticed my dog getting up and putting his nose into the wind. I saw him become scared as his hairs on his back raised. Instead of barking or growling, he quickly backed, track never losing sight of what he was tracking. When I looked in the direction he was looking, I realized why he was scared. There was a large creature coming out of the woods, about 40, 50 yards ahead, downstream and downwind from me. The creature leisurely walked out from the trees and stopped at the river bank. At first, I thought it was a person. Then I looked closer and noticed it was all in black, head to toe. I noticed its big arms covered in a thick black coat, and its hands all black as well. By this time, my dog was looking extremely concerned. My dog was on edge and acting erratic. Then I caught a glimpse of the creature's profile and noticed his face was all black as well, with sharp features, strong cheekbones, and black lips. The creature never turned to look at me. I don't think it even noticed me or my dog. It never looked at us, I realized, because we were upwind from it. At that point, I wasn't sure what I was looking at, though, I knew I had never seen anything like it before. I instinctively ducked below the riverbank and calmly and slowly moved away upstream. I signaled my dog to follow, and he instinctively understood. When I was far enough away, I raised my head up to see if I could still see it. That wasn't where I last spotted it, and that alerted me to leave. I made my way back to camp only 100 feet further from the stream, and I told my girlfriend what I saw. We both were became startled since we were deep in the woods, far from the main road. We immediately packed up our camp and left the site within 10 minutes. I never thought that what I had seen was a Bigfoot. I didn't know what I had seen actually. I couldn't explain it until we drove into Portland the next night. That night, we ate at a local diner, and I picked up the local paper. One of the main stories was in regards to Bigfoot sightings. I read it thinking the topic was of interest and realized many people had sighted Bigfoot around the area where I saw the creature. Also, all the sightings were of an all-black creature. This really caught my attention, because all my life, I thought Bigfoot was brown. That is when I first realized that
0: Right at home.
1: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: What I had seen might have been a Bigfoot sighting. I grew up around the country. I grew up looking for Bigfoot. My grandmother had it about 100 acres or so out between Jasper, Oregon, and Lowell. She had cattle, and we were driving out to look after them most every day, not just on the weekends, and I always had an eye open for something, but never once did I ever see or hear anything. And then I see something along I-5 on a rainy night, and it saw me. It knew I was staring at it. The hair on it wasn't pretty kind of uneven. All these years later, I'm still a little in disbelief, but it sat like an ape with long arms and legs. And it stood up, and there was no mistaking that this thing was exceedingly tall. I don't know what else I can offer. My apologies for reporting something that happened in 1997. It's funny. Like I said, I grew up looking for Bigfoot or Sasquatch, more or less because of where I lived. And then I see it, or whatever I saw, and I almost wish I hadn't. Kind of shook me up. Still does a little... My friends and I were way into frisbee golf for a while. So after we graduated high school, we decided to go camping down in Moab, Utah. We were lucky enough to find a really cool course a bit away from Moab. When we got there, an old man said we needed to pay $10 a night. We did. Then we slept in our tent inside a yurt. That night we went to sleep with our backpacks in the tent. The morning we woke up and saw all our backpacks were outside the tent in the yurt's doorway. In my friend's camera, there were pictures on his camera that showed all of us sleeping. I don't know how the old man could have done that without waking us up. I have never, ever been able to sleep in a private campsite since. Backpacking alone in the woods of Missouri, I was woken in the middle of the night by a blood-curdling scream in the dark. This was miles and miles from any town or houses, I thought it must have been a bird or something and settled back down to sleep. Before I could drift off again, I heard another scream, only this time closer. Definitely not a bird, not a bug or anything I could think of that would habitat those woods. It repeated again and again, coming ever closer, until it sounded like it was right outside of my tent. I was too terrified to look outside, too terrified to move. All of the sudden it stopped. I spent the rest of the night terrified and alone. Completely bewildered by the screams. Once I got back to civilization, I found out it had been a red fox making the cries in the night. They make a crazy howl scream that sounds totally unreal. I had never heard the noise they make, so you can imagine how scared it made me that night. This was our pelvery. This was our pelvering. I have gone to a boys' camp for 10 of the last 12 summers. The first six years as a camper, the last four as a counselor. During the duration of this camp, we go on campouts periodically. After the campers went to sleep, myself and three other counselors decided we wanted to go frog gigging. This is an activity where you use sharp jacked objects to kill frogs and later eat them. Well, as we ventured to a little pond about half a mile from the campsite, we then heard some footsteps in the woods. We had flashlights, but we didn't see anything. Then a sound that sounded like a velociraptor was heard from the woods. Then a giant tree fell down, or at least that's what it sounded like. We noped it out of there as fast as we could. It was terrifying, and none of us to this day know what it was or what caused the loud noises. It was terrifying. I went there to go hunting. It was archery season, so after school I grabbed my bow changed into my camos and drove to the top of the pass. The road is really bad, so it takes some time. Once at the top, I stayed on the baker's side so I wouldn't spook anything in the meadows below. After glassing for some time, not seeing anything, I took off to the south, along the ridgeline, hunting, went maybe a half a mile or so, set up behind a down log and waited, glassing often. Maybe a half an hour passed when I noticed a bear about 500 yards out. I watched it off and on. It would go into small draws where I wouldn't see it. Then it would reappear closer. When it got to about 300 yards, I noticed if it would stay on the same path, I might be able to get an arrow into it. So when it disappeared into another small draw, I started planning how to get ahead of it and get a shot. When it reappeared, it was maybe 200 yards away. And in the binoculars, I watched it walk on two legs, downhill for at least 40 yards. For some reason, I got pretty nervous and moved, which he saw. At that, he stopped and looked directly at me. I didn't think he could see me, but he turned and started back the way it came, not running, but covering a lot of ground quick. I have hunted all my life, whitewater rafting, backpacking, and can say for certain what I say was not a bear or any other known animal. When it turned its hole, top turned with it. I've seen many bears, deer, elk, and know this was none of them. I have not been back since and have only told my wife what I have seen. I'm an avid hiker, and living in Colorado has given me an appreciation for nature, but it wasn't until I went hiking in Montana that I gained a healthy fear for nature as well. This was back in 2013, and me and my brother wanted to go up to Montana for a hiking fishing trip a few strings and making a few calls allowed us some time in an amazing fishing cabin with a guide for two days we fished and relaxed the first two days and i asked the guide before he left about a good overnight hike in the area he said that ursa ridge is a great hike but to bring a good can of bear spray he mentioned that a few people had gone missing on the trail but that this time of year should make for a perfectly mild hike The next morning, my brother woke up with a pretty severe cold. I didn't want to go without him, but he insisted I go anyways. I conceded and went, and this is where things got weird. The whole hike up to the ridge was fine, peaceful, and the trees were gorgeous. But every once in a while, I would look back and see a footprint or two of mine was covered in a bear track. Strange, but I didn't think much on it. I got to the ridge, set up my hammock a little below it to block off the wind and went to sleep with plans to wake up and watch the sunrise. But I was roughly awoken from that with chills down my spine. It was pitch black, so I assumed a cloud was over the full moon I had glimpsed on my hike up. Something was deadly wrong, and I knew it. I felt a tugging, an urge to go back to the top of the ridge. I trembled, shaking as I slowly made up my way to the top, and my God, what I saw, made me speechless." The clouds had moved and revealed a horror beyond imagination. ...sons of bears. Literal hundreds upon hundreds of the dreaded creatures spread out across the valley below. I started crying, tears running down my face as I tried to remain silent, unnoticed. Then, slowly, a noise arose from the lips of the creatures. I strained to hear, but slowly I comprehended the spine-tingling chant. Mark your post as serious or suffer a fate worse than death. I ran back down the trail. No effort to pack up my camp. Nothing chased me. Nothing happened. Every footprint was a bear print, but I had no time to register what that meant. I ran into the cabin. My brother asleep. I ran to the bathroom and stared into the mirror to see gazing back at me. A perfectly normal face. I sighed with relief. My stealth had not failed me yet. My true identity was not known. I slept and never told this to another soul until now. EMT here. One of my partners told me a story about an old fire station that used to be in use. He and his partner at the time were sleeping in the bunks, and it's pitch black for them. This fire station kind of looked like the one in Ghostbusters, so I'd say that the building dated back to the 60s. Anyways, There's no one else in the station except for them. Their mini-fridge in the room cracked, and someone screamed Bishop. I'm not in the mood, and then the fridge slowly closed. Another one of my partners said that they had a situation that it was at a similar time around the top. All of the firefighters were sound asleep, sometimes in our bays. Garage. Main doors to station. We keep the back doors to our ambulances closed. At that time, my partner stated that they heard a loud thump, went to go inspect what happened, and they found the back doors open to the truck and their equipment jump a floor. This happened a few years ago in August in a small town in northern Connecticut called Ellington. A childhood friend of mine and I were both working as security at a club a few miles away and would occasionally hang out for a bit after knocking off for the night, one night at around 2 a.m. We decide to take a walk around the farm property across the street from my buddy's place. We'd done this a thousand times over the years, didn't think anything of it. So we're strolling across a field, just chatting maybe 20 yards from the tree line where this field quickly turns into a swamp when the sound erupts out of the woods stopping us cold. I've been hiking around this area most of my life, and I've never heard anything like this. Instantly, all the hair on the back of my neck stands up. It's a tough sound to describe, but basically a very deep bass, woofing, wheezing. Almost sounded like a gigantic engine trying, but failing to turn over, but less mechanical and more organic sounding. I've seen some decently large white-tailed deer in that area, but this sound was so loud and deep I felt it in my chest. We've both searched for recordings of deer that come anywhere close to what we heard and have never found anything. We turned around immediately and hoofed out of there. I'm sure that sound has a perfectly reasonable, natural explanation, but I've yet to find it. That's easily the most frightened I've been in my adult life. In 1996, I had just dropped out of university and was moving home to my parents' place. My tail was firmly between my legs. I had almost no money and no job prospects. Basically, I was screwed. I'd had an old Jeep Comanche with all my belongings in the back and 200 miles to go. I borrowed $20 from a friend for gas and started the trip. I got to a point that was 30 miles from home and was on empty. I pulled into a gas station arrest stop and sort of cried for a minute in my truck. I needed $5 for gas to make it the rest of the way and had nothing. There was no way I could call my dad and ask for help. He was already so disappointed. After a minute, I started searching around my truck for change. Anything. I opened the glove box, and there were these paper loyalty bucks for a gas station that I never used. It turns out it was the exact gas station that I was stopped at. $4 worth of bucks. I found another $2 in change put $6 in the gas tank, and bought a Coke. I made it home. Fast forward 20 years. I had sorted my crap out and a ma lawyer. That gas station hired me as their outside counsel. I got to tell this story to the president of the company. I'm a firefighter, and we got a call for an overdose around 3 a.m. to a rough part of our district in the middle of winter. Unfortunately, the patient was long gone, and her dealer, or whatever, found her like that when he dropped some stuff. As we were packing up our stuff, mind you, this is a absolutely trashed mobile home. I hear something down the hall that said lights. I asked my partner if he said anything as it was just him and I cleaning up. He said no. I walk to the far end of the trailer where I heard it and shine my flashlight. I get a reflection out of the window. They have a small tool shed, and it had a flickering light. It piqued my interest, so my partner and I go out there. We hear crying and notice the door is padlocked. We cut it, and this little six-year-old girl was in there. She said her mom puts her in there when she gets mad at her. She said she got scared when she heard the sirens and didn't know what to do. To this day, I have no idea what happened or where the voice came from, but I'll take the win on it. Edit a couple people wondering about what happened after. My partner and I took her to the children's hospital closest to us. And we wrote our report and ate chips and a sandwich we took from the lounge while they called a social worker. She was a really sweet girl. The voice was not a little girl voice. It 100% thought it was my partner since it sounded like a guy. When I was younger, in elementary school... I used to have the same dream every weekend, starting on Saturday when I would go to sleep and then waking up in the middle of the night on Sunday and throwing up. The dream was always a bunch of numbers, not even anything happening, just a bunch of random jumbled up numbers all over the plate. I never understood why that happened where the same dream would happen on the same night every week. And I would throw up every single time. I always think about it and wonder what it was or if it was just some weird coincidence. Also, I would not have any signs of being sick before or after. Maybe someone else has experienced this.